Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave-She and host Brenda She-Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. A great name for a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Possum pee. No. <laughs> yes. Absolutely not. No, yes. no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you walk, you ro- fucking roll in to the dive bar and you're like, I'd like a pot. <laughs> I want, I would like hot possum piss. Yes. No. <laughs> it's going to be one of those beers they serve hot and those are never good. But maybe this one is good. What it, give me a flavor profile for what you think. Cause it, so first of all, it's got to be a strong beer. It's got to be, gotta a be beer yeah. That's like, oh, oops, like, um, uh oh. <laughs> because it's a hot beer. This is like a fall beer. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like notes of like apples and crunched up leaves. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's got to be like weird. It's got to be one of those weird, strong beers that doesn't taste like beer somehow. That's just full of, like, just too much fucking garbage. Like, because, like, a possum, right? Right. Possums are full of garbage. It's got to be, like, apples and, like, berries and, like, some kind of weird floral scent you can't quite place. And, like, (laughs) fucking pizza crust or something. Yeah, like, notes of old pepperonis. (laughs) And then, here's another idea. So, you know possums, they, like, carry their little babies around. So, you Uh can get a regular can of possum piss, or Mm. you can get a tiny baby can of possum piss. I like to think it comes with a sidecar. Oh, yes. That would also. (laughs) You're like, give me the... Give me the possum pee, and I would like a litter? I don't know what possum baby groups are. I don't think it's litter. That's... Like cats and dogs. I don't know. Maybe? But I think they're mammals. Like, it would be like a Do litter. Do we just of- call all litter and mammals with like multiple babies litters? Is that the a thing? Litter of bears. I don't right. think that's true. A litter of dolphins. Uh- <laughs> this is well, dolphins apart. don't have litters already, so that has fallen apart. Uh, Let's get some keyboard ASMR. Do all. Ooh, clickety clack. Wow. Oh. Click, clack, clack, clack. (laughs) Okay, so uh, yeah, I guess it's just like what you call mammals that have groupings of babies or litters. I rest my case. Kittens, puppies, rodents, pigs all have litters. Uh, primarily because you, it's very rare for more than one or two to live to maturity. Oh. Yeah, which I knew that. I knew that's why. Yeah. M- most mammals that have lots is because they are, like, not a predator. Not They're not like a... Because dolphins aren't a predator, but they're not like... They don't make it. <laughs> so they're like, we'll just have a lot of you. So when they come eat us, some of you will make it. Yeah. Because uh, that's why, like, humans typically... Like have one child, like having more than one kid at a time is like a anomaly, because yeah. we 
we evolved to like climb tree and avoid getting eaten. We are the predator. <laughs> if you can believe it. We are the walking dead. Ugh. God. Anyway, Sora's in Smash. Sora is <laughs> Sora Kingdom Hearts is in S- Smash <laughs> Brothers, and I hope someday we know how much this cost. It could Did not, it cost I, Sakurai's soul? It cost. I can't imagine the litigations they had to go through. Um, they, I mean, one, they clearly did not get any licensing for anything Disney besides the Mickey Mouse symbol on Sora's keyblade. <laughs> Which had to cost a lot of money. <laughs> and I, it is very, it was very clear that like we could show this once because it's only once in the trailer. Yeah. Like, um, every oh. other shot is very tastefully. You happen to not see it in the trailer. Uh, I think it's on the fighter model. I have not confirmed that you can see it on the fighter model because he's not like, like I don't have him. I can't like look yeah. at the model up close. But um, is he out yet? Or no, I don't believe. Okay, so. I missed the I missed the entire direct because I've been sleeping in all this week. Well, against my will. <laughs> it's one of those like you, you just wake up and the same man punches you in the throat. And it's like go the fuck yeah. back to sleep. It's Neil like, Gaiman just... himself walks into your room. <laughs> And he's like, hello, Brenda. And I'm like, Neil Gaiman, what are you doing in my house? And he's like, I'm the Sandman. <laughs> it's me, Sandman. Just, no, you're Neil Gaiman. You're not in my house. <laughs> so it, it's like one of those ones where like, I wake up at 10 o'clock and I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. oh fuck. Mm-hmm. I, I wake up earlier than this. And then you like just lay there for a while like. Ugh. It's too late. You've already been defeated. Um, yeah, that was me today. But yeah, Sora's in Smash. Uh and it's it's the last character for Smash Ultimate. Um, some people think from the wording that Sakurai did, it's the last Smash character ever. Um, wow. It's unclear if they'll make more Super Smash Brothers. Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't, because it's a successful franchise. But I think it's more of like, Sakurai is done, as he should be. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to retire. How old? At the sweet age of like 45? I don't know how old he is. I have no idea how old he is, but I know he's extremely tired. He, uh, when the pandemic first hit, he was, he was in some interview and he was like, this is the first time I've had more than one day off in a row in, like, his entire tenure working on Super Smash Brothers. Oh my god. Uh, so he needs to rest forever, and if I see anyone ask him for anything, I will hunt you down like an animal. (laughs) Like leave mm. leave him alone. Uh, it was also it's also pretty touching. Um, I've been I every t- <laughs> every time I think about it, I start crying. So I may start crying. But this was <laughs> what this was like one of the last dreams of Iwata, who yes. was the Nintendo president for Nintendo Japan, like main Nintendo for I didn't look up how long for a long time for our for most of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, for my whole time, I've been playing Nintendo games at least. Uh. And he was just, like, a great person. If you don't know Satoru Iwata, just go look him up. He was just a great dude. Um, and mm-hmm. this was this was one of his dreams. Uh, Sakurai talked about in direct of, like, during... When they were working on Smash, they released that, like, who do you want to have as a fighter uh, poll? And Sora was, like, number one most popular character. But they could not release it to the public because Iwata was like, that's great. And they started yeah. litigations. They like started it 
when they got the poll numbers back that that's what people want. And he's like, that's what people want. I have to make it happen. We have to make it. We have to appease the mouse. <laughs> um, And I cannot... I mean, that is... This game has been out for three and a half years. It's probably been in development for five or six. I didn't look it up, but it takes a long time to make a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the survey was out probably... Year, but like, th- this is going on probably close to a decade of talking with Square and Disney, and I cannot imagine the litigations in the back and forth, how much it costs in licensing, mm-hmm. uh, how much of a cut they may or may not get, and how aggressively Disney was like, no, you don't get it, Nintendo, you cannot afford to show Donald and Goofy. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you would think that, like, Sora's whole thing would be like, oh, he, like, summons Donald and Goofy. Yeah. Could not make that happen. No, absolutely not. That's I was like, when Sakurai couldn't show us the Final Smash, I was like, oh, it has to be, like, Donald and Goofy, and they didn't get approval for the trailer. And then it yeah. wasn't that, and I was like, oh, they could not get, they could, they could not afford Donald and <laughs> All Goofy. All traces of them are wiped. <laughs> and it, I, I kind of get it, because, yeah. like, Nickelodeon doesn't give a fuck if their characters punch each other. Mm-mm. Disney cares immensely. Yes. So I, I get it, like... Even in Kingdom Hearts, like, Donald doesn't punch anyone. No. This, you know, and especially not, like, Princess Peach, you know? <laughs> like, um, so I get it. I do get it. And yeah, I can't imagine what it would have cost them. Absolutely not a, mind-blowing. Not that. enough. It wasn't, it wouldn't have been worth it. I'm sure they get the price no. tag and they're like, no. They were just like, we just need Sora and people will be just fine. And true, we're fine. This is, yeah. I can't believe this. Am I sad that my boyfriend Waluigi is not in it's so easy he's yeah he's a Mario character I'm trying to make my voice do like the really stressed like crack thing and it's not Mm. doing that today it's like (laughs) just not happening today guys but anyway in other news Brenda's powers grow ever stronger ever stronger uh let me remember what this news is about, because I have the memory of a fish. I'm proud of you. You'll get there. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to our chat earlier and be like, what did we just decide on an hour ago? I got to scroll up through all of our Muppet talk we had. This oh, yes. Our, <laughs> one day we'll make a Patreon and I'll show people just our absolute bonkers chat we have off screen oh my god we had such a journey this morning if you think if you think you hear a lot here you have no fucking idea (laughs) okay i remember now because i found it in our chat so last week i talked about a 4d attraction at disney maybe closing muppet Mm -hmm. vision 3d Mm -hmm. um but it turns out (laughs) <laughs> my powers were directed in another direction and Shrek 4D is closing at Universal Studios Orlando. Oof. <laughs> Sorry, Shrek. You got caught Sorry. in the crossfire. I get it, though. This was, the writing was on the wall because Shrek 4D shut down in um, California a while ago. Mm-mm. So, and then the thing with Shrek 4D is that it could be, it, it's running at other theme parks that aren't universal because it's just a video that's like super easily accessible. So other theme parks like throughout Europe um, have this attraction also. So it's not super, it's not special. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also like the effects were kind of outdated. It's like just based on Shrek 1. It takes place between Shreks 1 and 2. The plot is that the ghost of Lord Farquaad has kidnapped Fiona and you're in a I carriage. I they killed him. 
He's dead. Yeah, I forgot. He Shrek was like, eaten. and he fucking died. Shrek didn't fuck around. Dragon popped up and just ate him. Just ate him. And Donkey was very into it. <laughs> wow. I completely <laughs> forgot that it ended with him. I knew he got, like, defeated. Yeah. I didn't realize he was, like, murdered. He gets, and it's not like he's living in the dragon's stomach, like, all cartoon style. He is dead, and he comes back as a literal ghost in this. And this is, like, canonical Shrek lore, which is why they released it. Like, so you could watch it on Netflix in just 2D, because it's, like, it's part of the lore. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, gonna take a sip. <sighs> good. That was a good one. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. So, it's shutting down, which is really weird. I wonder if Universal is letting the DreamWorks license go. Mm-hmm. Because they never really pushed forward with, like, adding additional DreamWorks attractions after they added that, like, little Shrek area. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really weird because, like, outside of the United States, there are full DreamWorks, like, theme parks or, like, mm-hmm. full DreamWorks lands and theme parks opening like there's multiple ones and then there's also in new jersey there's the dreamworks Mm -hmm. water park at the american dream mall Mm -hmm. so it just feels really weird they never like pushed that license to like kind of build it up in their parks Mm -hmm. and i don't know why they didn't do that if it was like too expensive if like dreamworks wanted to like be in a different park Mm -hmm. who knows how these things go Mm -hmm. but shrek 4d is dead Jeez, rip Bye-bye, Shrek 4D, (laughs) and hello, Twitch Leak. Twitch Leak, we know who makes the money. (laughs) We know who makes the money. And it's not titty streamers. It's not. Surprise. Shockingly. (laughs) Oh, uh, wow. I couldn't believe it. My eyes were so flabbergasted. Um, I was blinded by the overwhelming whiteness. It's so white. (laughs) There's not- It's all white. There's not a single black woman- in the top 100 paid Twitch streamers in all of Twitch. That's period. 100. Discuss- that's, that is absolutely stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. Absolutely stupid. Um, so this data breach, it's like, there's some pros and cons here, I think. Yes. Uh, I don't think it's fair, regardless of how I feel about people, that anyone's like raw financials are pulled from anything without there. That's like, there's a lot of talk about it and i'm like listen these people don't really owe you anything just because now you know they make money also why are you surprised that like the the top earner is critical role which was shocking because a lot of people like the critical is the top owner and i saw a lot of people like who the fuck is critical role because if you're not what if you're not into tabletop it makes sense you don't know what that is (laughs) but Um, if you're into it even adjacently you know. You know. Um, and so it's, that's like interesting because it's like, okay, where a tabletop group is the top earner on Twitch when Twitch is like primarily like a video game streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, tabletop is a very small part of it and it's mostly, as we know now, critical role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also like, it's a slight bummer because I'm like, they are a company. Um, yeah. The company's made up of people and the people are friends and I'm, glad that these friends got together and found something that works that's what what are we doing here right like it would be great mm-hmm. if people just paid me to talk to brenda every week why I, of course i'd <laughs> sign up yeah shut up like, it'd be great way. yeah <laughs> like i no fault to them for like starting a company it working out and like now you have something to do with the friends every week and you get paid that's great yeah. um 
the, the reason it's a bummer to me because i'm like well it's a company and twitch is kind of like at least markets itself is just like anyone can get on and like make a living granted it it is hard to make a living off streaming but like that's the idea mm-hmm. um but when the top earner is like uh is still a company albeit a small company of like 40 people i think on payroll um it's still like oh so that dream is only attainable if i become like a 40 it's like a, even a small company yeah um things in the breach besides finding out how much people make and going over that talk that's being hurled around on the internet of like how much people are allowed to make uh we have three years worth of details regarding twitch creator payouts the -hmm. entirety of twitch.tv's uh um comment history so that was saved somewhere besides the payout like you can find all comments which is wild (laughs) uh the big thing the source code for twitch the the mobile desktop and video clients the video game console clients that is that 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 is something twitch will have to like try and change its source code they can't have people having that truly that's like like a, a major breach. Yeah. Uh, their internal security tools also got to change those now. Um, <gasps> and they found data for an unreleased Steam competitor that Amazon Game Studios was working on in Twitch's, like, data. Ooh, Daddy um, Amazon's going to be upset about that yeah, one. <laughs> Amazon's going to have Uh-oh. some words. Uh, Mr. Amazon's going to be calling Sir Twitch, I don't know, and they're going to, I'm sure they're getting chewed out about it. Uh, oh, 100%. A lot of tech people are getting chewed out this week. <laughs> this is weird, huh? Right? Because um, we also, we didn't have this plan for nerd news, but Facebook was down for, for a like day. A, a, a day. And we were like, I said it had like power outage energy where mm-hmm. like something is just off, but like you're also fine, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. that's what it felt like and like i don't really use actual facebook that much but yeah. i do use messenger yep i was like i realized immediately that i was like i have the number of two people in my big group chat <laughs> and you texted me <laughs> and you were like i guess i gotta text you now and you weren't in my phone and i was just like <laughs> i was sitting there with it and i was just like okay this isn't dante because dante is in my phone because we've known each other since 2012 mm-hmm. back before mm-hmm. messenger was really big and then i was just like okay all right who else do i talk to all day and then i was just like it's austin <laughs> and then i was just like is this austin and you were like yeah and i was like cool <laughs> um who yeah, so that was weird. If you want to know more about that, it's all over lo- the internet. Essentially, Facebook is set up like a boomer made the website, which is hilarious. <laughs> they locked themselves out of the physical building. They run... So, the long and short... I'm not a tech person. The long and short that I understand it is Facebook is set up where all of its processes, including internal and external things that go out, run through <laughs> Facebook. Like, when Facebook's like, you want to log in with Facebook? Facebook did that for everything, and when Facebook went down, they couldn't do anything. It was like, do you want to log in to Facebook with Facebook, essentially? (laughs) And then, like, a chunk of the code accidentally got deleted. So, like, there was a period where people were just like, the code is gone, Facebook is dead. Yeah. Permanently. And it was like, what? And it's like, I could have been talking to everyone because I got everyone on Discord, Mm -hmm. but we really didn't. Just didn't talk to anyone all day. It was was like, really weird. And the big thing is like, 
this was the day after the big there's a big facebook whistleblower that's a whole thing let's go look yep. into all this stuff i'm gonna start our topic. This, it's a lot yeah let's start What's the topic, Austin? I want to know if you have any me... guesses because I sent Brenda a. I, I'm front. I sent Brenda a cryptic like hint, and the first time ever, she's like, "What in the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, you sent me a blurry Kmart <laughs> tag, and I was just I I have no clue. You mentioned something about babies. I don't know if it's. <laughs> I don't know. Um, like, what is this? I'm so baffled. So that. Kmart tag is a tag on a toy. And that toy <gasps> is from a very popular cartoon franchise that aired first in 1994. 1994, popular. Is it also, it's a cartoon and a toy? Yes. Hmm, 1994, cartoon and a toy. Hmm, it's not SpongeBob. No. It's, uh, hmm, it's not Power, no, it's not Powerpuff Girls. Oh, it's gargoyles! <laughs> gargoyles first aired for the first face. time October 24th, 1994 on Disney Channel's Disney Afternoon Block. It would eventually end February 15th, 1997 after three se- seasons and 78 episodes. The show, on paper, technically has no creator credit. That's wild, but it's we know who it is though, right? Yes, uh, Greg Wiseman yeah. is, is accepted as like the creator of gargoyles he calls himself the creator of gargoyles i think it's in his twitter bio um that's how he's talked about that's how he's interviewed that's how he gets credited everywhere else but if you watch the show does not bear creator credit um another person who gets cited as like a creator kind of on the ground floor is michael reeves who was the primary writer for the series um he's someone else who's like had a big hand in gargoyles because gargoyles is really like first developed and talked about in Disney's in Disney's offices as like a it was something Disney wanted was a show like Gargoyles and it was kind of passed around a lot but Greg Wiseman heard about it took it and like raised it as his baby he kind of turned it into what we know today nice if you heard any weird noises it's because i was feverishly trying to very quickly find my copy of the original first episode of Gargoyles with the board game in it you oh you have that i think can I run upstairs really quick? Like this You're is going to be. You're an adult, Brenda. You can do whatever you want. Okay, Austin, Austin. I will return. It might be upstairs. If not, I will return defeated. But I know, <laughs> in my previous apartment, it was just on a shelf there. So it's, it's out here somewhere. I will be right back. I'm not going to stop the recording. I'm okay. Hear everything. <laughs> Austin, I'm back. You're back. I <laughs> okay. I thought I had back and defeated. Yeah, I am defeated, which is a bummer because this thing is so cool. It would have been really cool to go through it mm-hmm. because it's the first kind of like movie episode of Gargoyles on VHS, mm-hmm. and at the end of this VHS, there's like a a DVD, not a DVD, a VHS. Mm-hmm game where you would like you had a board and little moving pieces mm-hmm. and you would like pause and fast forward to certain points of the vhs in order to play the game nice really cool no, that sounds really cool i didn't even know i didn't find that uh i found talk of the vhs's because they made because they turned the first the first like five part opener like into a movie called gargoyles yeah. the movie the heroes awaken um on vhs, on VHS. And, vhs and laserdisc 
Uh, a laser disc. It was a laser disc. I gotta find that. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to find pictures of this really quick. This thing is so cool. Yeah, I didn't uh, find anything about that. Even when I watched, um, I watched a few like toy histories on gargoyles, and they never mentioned really? it. Really? Yeah. They didn't mention this. No, no one mentioned it. Oh my god. Okay, I found a Mercari listing, which hopefully will have pictures of the whole thing. My internet is really bad. Mm-hmm. Of course. And so is my ADHD today. <laughs> <laughs> so we all we all know Greg Wiseman as creator of gargoyles. That's that's. Well, who he is, uh, but Greg Wiseman was not officially on the production team for Gargoyles until episode six was being developed. Uh, until then, he was just like around and like growing this thing because he, he really thought it was a good idea, but he wasn't like on a production team. He became a co-producer episode six uh, and he didn't write for the series at all until season three. Well, he didn't have a he didn't have a writing credit is how it is worded. Uh, so I don't, I'm sure he helped writers out. He's really seen as like the creative force behind the series, um, which we'll get to later. So he had no writing credit. The writers were primarily, um, actually a lot of Batman animated series alums, Michael Reeves and Bryn Chandler, who at the time was married to Reeves. They had 35 episodes of Batman written between them. Wow. Um, and then the third writer... Where did I? I put them for it out of my notes for some reason because I hate myself. <laughs> uh, I remember the third writer had like 15 episodes of Batman or something. Um, mm-hmm. Because in total, between all of the original primary writing staff for Gargoyles, there's about 50 episodes of Batman between them. Yeah. Uh, they were in a lot of Batman, which was good because that's what Mike Eisner wanted. He, he was like, let's get a show like Batman. But we got to. To, to really get into Gargoyles, to know how we got it, we gotta go back a little bit. Back to the past. Back to the past. So, <laughs> Gargoyles was originally pitched to be, like, a very different show. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know the adventures of Gummy Bears. <gasps> Gummy Bears! <laughs> Bouncing here and there and everywhere. Yes, I do know of the gummy bears. <laughs> um, I was researching. I was like, of course, we. there's more fucking Mike Eisner shit. So I don't know. Of course. The joke we kept making last week about like, oh, his son likes it. We have the adventures of gummy bears because Mike Eisner's son liked gummy bears. Oh, my God. <laughs> he literally came up with the idea when his son kept requesting to eat more gummy bears. Do we know what his son's name is? It's <laughs> no, like Van it's, or something. I'm sure. I'm sure we the the world does. I've never looked it up because everyone's just like Mike Eisner's son liked gummy bears, so he thought let's make a. Sh-. And I was like, oh my fucking god, Breck. It's Breck. <laughs> he has a couple sons, and I know it's Breck though because I knew he had a name, a name. You know the name. Can you imagine looking Breck. at a two year old and like, what's his name? Breck. Oh, Breck. Oh. This guy, Breck. Breck is a 60-year-old retiree who won't stop drinking beer on your lawn. Yeah. <laughs> or Breck's also kind of seems like an alien name, but that might be because of Breck from Space Ghost. <laughs> That's, it's pretty close to Breck. I wonder if his son it's... also liked Breck. <laughs> In utero, his son's like, I love Space Ghost. <laughs> like, I was like, I gotta get this kid to like me. I'm gonna make a show about gummy bears and Space Ghost. <laughs> I need my son to like me. <laughs> like, like, he's a, about- like he's a stepdad or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, it's his, it's his son. Um, 
anyway, Gummy Bears is cited by many, 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 many creators who came after it as inspiring their work because Gummy Bears is the first major animation project that had uh, sequential sequential storytelling for kids. Ooh, the first one? It is, as far as animation historians have figured out, it is the first time there's an animated, a major animated series that had, like, storytelling episode by episode that built to something. That's so cool. Um, and it, I mean, it makes sense. A lot of other cartoons, I mean, we've talked about Saturday morning cartoons and the cartoon boom, like, were made to sell toys. Like, they didn't really care about stories being told like there might be a one or two parter you know because that's Mm -hmm. exciting and ups ratings when you have like a two-part finale but i went back to think about like older cartoons i watched i mean like the old original tmnt didn't it wasn't like a story it was just the turtles every week yeah it didn't matter every single um i mean we've even seen that recently we even talked about it on the show like even cartoons like king of the hill like they the network wanted something that people could watch whenever they didn't want a story being told because that's harder to syndicate Mm-hmm. Um, so Gummy Bears was the first time it happened, and the Disney Afternoon Block was created with the Gummy Bears once it ended on ABC. They moved it to Disney. Disney Afternoon Block was created around Gummy Bears. Wow. But Michael Eisner and also Greg Wiseman, it seems like kind of parallel, were worried that people would get bored with the Afternoon Block because it was like Gummy Bears and Quack Pack and eventually Groove Troop and just like cute fun animal hive hijinks mm-hmm. that was like the block and they're like people are going to get burnt out on that let's get let's like shake it up um so the original idea greg Wiseman had was like what if it was gummy bears but edgy like that is that is a direct quote <laughs> the direct quote greg Wiseman's first idea to pitch gargoyles is like gummy bears but edgier these bears they've seen some shit they've got claws now they've got teeth now they're cursed by an ancient oh they drank bad gummy juice that's it (laughs) the gum juice (laughs) um the gummy berry juice i just i cannot get over the fact that quoted gummy bears but gummy bears but edgy is is real He's. I can't. Yeah. He's like. It, it was. He's a, like. Edgy was a big word in the nineties. It got. It got. He's like. It got anything approved. If you put edgy on it, like people are like, yeah, let's do it. Now it's just a joke. Like you go like, oh, Sonic the Hedgehog, but edgy. <laughs> you know, like it's it's, it's it, weird because like you can't say it now, but like that yeah. is what everyone's doing with reboots. Truly, like you can't go like, in and say like Barney, but edgy, but you can you can <laughs> fucking make it. <laughs> like you gotta like dance around the fact that you're like trying to make like. Trying to think of another example, Blues Clues, but edgy, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You got to dance around that now, but like back in like the the nineties, yeah, you could just say just that. Shit. Say, you just say it to the exec's face, and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. "Absolute rubber stamp, let's go." Except Gargoyles yeah. did not get a rubber stamp. It took them almost Beans. two years <laughs> to Beans. get approved. Wow. Um, it's really you can watch some of the old pitches for Gargoyles, uh, and on the website. Uh, ask Greg the entire pitch that they eventually accepted. Greg Wiseman like put up on that website. Who? Uh, so you can read the whole thing. Um, so Gar- when Greg Wiseman first kind of had the idea, Mike Eisner was kind of into it. it was like you know make a pitch board. Um, and the idea was kind of like Gargoyles could become Disney could have a big action cartoon franchise the way that Warner Brothers had DC Comics Batman animated series later. Mm-hmm. on because as i said this took like two years to get from where it was to where it ended up um mm-hmm. 
in the first time they pitched it, uh, Greg Wiseman mentions, like, you know, they pitched Goof Troop that day and Goof Troop got accepted. Uh, Bonkers got pitched later on and it got accepted. Bonkers. <laughs> Fucking bonkers. Um, the first time they pitched Gargoyles, it was, it was like darker, but it was more comedic. You can even find old sketches of, um, Bronx. No. Yeah, Bronx, the dog. The gargoyle mm-hmm. dog. And he's more like cartoon dog than gargoyle quadruped. Yeah. Um, he has like, he even has like spots and like the cart, you know, the cartoon dog face. Yeah. Um, it's like, it was a much more comedic idea. And the idea was there was this one, there's one female gargoyle called Dakota who was like the leader and she was like the serious one. Um, the first time they pitched it, they got turned down. Uh, and you know, Greg Wiseman went back to the drawing board. He thought, well, Dakota is kind of like one serious gargoyle among a bunch of funny gargoyles. What mm-hmm. if it's funny or what if it's less funny? Yeah. Um so he pitched it as like a drama superhero show. Got turned down again. <sighs> uh this second the first and second time he gets turned down, he run like after the pitches, uh Jeffrey Cranes Krasenberg? Katzenberg? Katzenberg. 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 From our goof tro- goof goofy movie episode. <laughs> Jeffrey Katzenberg is like, hey, you should work on gargoyles more. It's it's a good idea. And he gives Greg Wiseman some uh pointers. This is the second pitch, so it's 1992 still, because it's every pitch is about mm-hmm. six months, he said. So it's the first half of nineteen ninety-two. Uh and Jeffrey Katzenberg is like, you know, they're working on he's like, We're working on Beauty and the Beast. Um what if you had like a Beauty and the Beast kind of vibe to it? Like that he thinks he's like, these X will like that better because it'll look like other stuff they're putting out. Mm-hmm. And that's when we got Goliath. Yes. The whole idea was like, they already had the human character, Eliza, um, was already it's there. It. What's her last name? Uh, something. My gut says Montoya, but that it's is not. um it's, Batman. It's like <laughs> Maza. Elisa El- ah, Maza. Yes. Yes. Uh, Elisa Maza is the human character. She's already in the pitch, and he's like, well, we'll just... So they made Goliath to be the leader, and then Dakota became Demona, and she was like a fe- she was like the female gargoyle, because, again, there's always like the lady one, right? Ha! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can I get that back? Ha! <laughs> I don't tell lies! <laughs> I, no, I, Demona could ruin my life. She's hot. She's hot. Eventually, <laughs> there's a point in the series where she turns into a human, also hot. Hot. <laughs> uh, I do have questions when, like, she she gets a she gets like a reverse curse where, like, in the daylight she becomes human instead of turning to stone. Um, Rough. And I'm just like, so does she not rust anymore? Because like the whole point is like that's when they they sleep, quote unquote. Like, does yes. she is she just like she must be exhausted. <laughs> She just never gets to sleep. <laughs> There's no rest. Which, unless unless she, like, just sleeps as, like, a human. Like, human sleep. Takes, like, a nap. But, like, be, it's she, funny because she becomes, like, a CEO as a human. Yeah. She's, like, doing a lot of shit. So I don't think she has time to sleep. <laughs> th- does she just sleep as a gargoyle? Like, I don't does know. She, Do you think they walk in she, and she's, like, taking a nap? And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you okay? <laughs> Why are you taking a nap in your um, gargoyle costume? Like... <laughs> Doesn't that take like 50 million hours to get that on? And she's just like, don't worry about it. And then rolls over, goes back to sleep. <laughs> That's a really good cosplay. Are you going to a convention? You shouldn't be laying on the the, 
your bed with like all of that paint on. Don't worry about it. That's fine. Trust me. I don't. Fine. I don't let pay me. you to think. Yeah, I don't pay you to think. Just please let me get like five five minutes of sleep. I don't. I never. My life is so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be hot and sexy and plotting to take over the world all the time. Just all the time. There's so many idiots in your way. Yeah. Um. So they pitch it. It no go. They're like Beauty and the Beast, and Greg Rise is like, okay. So six months go by. We're now at the beginning of 1993 because it's you know end of 1992, and they don't work in December. Like, come on. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is out. Monster fuckers. Monster fuckers are rising up. They pitch it, and Mike Eisner's like, absolutely not a second time. Ah! So Greg's like, fuck it, I'm done. And Jeffrey Katzenberg's like, you should pitch it again. And Mike's like. Okay, so I pitched as a comedy, he said no. I did your drama beating Beast idea, and he said no. What are you, he doesn't like it, and Katzenberg's like, no, 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 he loves it. Um, and Mike, Greg Eisner took this to understand, he's like, Katzenberg loved it? But he would never speak ah. out against Mike Eisner in a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Greg Wiseman's like, the way meetings work is you pitch it, and Mike just, and Mike tells people what the answer is, and everyone else just agrees. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is not shocking. <laughs> No, 100%, I believe it. So what you gotta do is you gotta get Breck to like it. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta go directly go to, to Breck, Breck and, and like, like, hand like him the pitch. Lady? Yeah, you gotta hand him the pitch and like all of the pictures of like all the characters, mostly Demona, and <laughs> be like, Breck, what do you think, man? And then he's gonna go home to his dad and be just like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like this show about gargoyles? And then like <laughs> Michael Eisner's gonna be like, fuck, I didn't greenlight the gargoyles wouldn't show. Wouldn't it be cool if there's this hot gargoyles lady who like i don't know you're like what is her what she what can she do with the tail the tail seems prehensile so <laughs> think about that dad <laughs> and then michael i was just like fuck i am thinking about that why didn't i think of that before <laughs> my name's breck eisner <laughs> i'm very much breck eisner and not greg wiseman in a breck eisner costume <laughs> in a breck breck eisner costume <laughs> You can you know because I say my name so much like a Pokemon. <laughs> he like calls like Greg Greg Wiseman like calls like Michael Eisner up on the phone and he's just like, Hi, father <laughs> And Michael Eisner's just like, Who is this? It's me. And Breck. Greg's just like It's I'm Breck. Oh my god, Breck, I forgot your voice. I've been working so much. Breck, yeah, Breck, I haven't heard from you in like five hundred years. How you doing, buddy? Do you think that the new alien encounter ride is that cool? Do you think I'm cool? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Dad. You know, um, <laughs> I just enjoy the idea of Mike Eisner talking to his real, to his like biological child, like a stepdad. He's like, "Do you think I'm cool now, buddy? Am I your dad?" And he's like, "I mean, y- y- yes, legally and quite literally, you are my biological father and father figure. I don't know why you do this at every dinner. <laughs> I think you're pretty cool, I guess." <laughs> um. Anyway, Greg Wiseman is like, I know what the problem is. I'm talking too much. <laughs> so he he cuts his pitch like three quarters. He just trashes it. And all oh he God. focuses on is Goliath and Eliza Maza. Elisa Maza. Why do I say Eliza until I say Maza? Elisa Maza. I think it's Elisa. Elisa Maza. That's like all he pitches is like this relationship between them and their connection. And Mike Eisner's like, I love it. And so I enjoy that gargoyles got accepted for because of monster fucking. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Like they tried everything, and it wasn't until he's like Goliath and Elisa Maza though. <laughs> and then Mike Eisner's like, "Oh fuck, you're right." 
we have this groundbreaking show get approved because Mike Eisner is like, they should fuck. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Who am I to get in that's, between love? That's the core of it, right? Like this lady, she loves the buff gargoyle man. <laughs> Who wouldn't love the buff gargoyle man? Look at him. Look, Listen to his voice. <laughs> I wonder, like, is he is he cold? Because he's stone. I I can warm his heart. I mean, where where am I? What every girl wants. <laughs> And then he's, he leaves the room singing what a girl wants, as he always does. What a girl wants. What a girl needs. What makes her happy sets With her the free. The history Mike Eisner has at this company, I refuse to believe he was anything but abs- an absolute chaotic tornado in every single room he entered. <laughs> yeah. I assume he walked into a room and people were like, oh, f- oh, fuck. I'm so tired. He's back. Oh, my God. Oh my god, I can't deal with them today. He's gonna talk about the Mickey Mouse hotel again. <laughs> Someone just crawls under their desk, just like, if I just stay very still. Hey, bud, so anyway, my kid was watching this show. Ah! Michael, you're under my desk. Yeah, my kid's really into Muppets right now. Scoot over. So, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> what if we incorporate the Muppets into the parks? No, we don't have a license for this. It's an implied license. Do you hear me? Now I want like five drafts. So the Muppets are gonna they're gonna kill they're gonna kill Mickey Mouse. I have this whole idea. It'll they'll they'll they'll, they'll take off his head. <laughs> Mike, what are you talking about? They'll we'll say Mickey's on vacation, but you and I, us two right here, will know, <laughs> know he's dead. Gets in real close. We know the truth. Kermit killed Mickey with his bare hands. I have to tell the police, and he leaves the room. (laughs) Where's Mike going? I think he thinks Kermit killed Mickey, even though he just made that up. I he'll be back. I think I don't know. Frank Wells just like shakes his head sadly and is like, "I'll go talk to him." (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I've got this. I'll go talk to Michael. Everyone, please get back to work. <laughs> Frank, Mike thinks Kermit killed Mickey again. Ah, oh, fuck, is it Saturday already? <laughs> Shit, man. It's been a long week. How's that Lion movie coming? <laughs> oh, it's not going really good, boss. Okay, well, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, need money. <laughs> We're losing money, so, uh, <laughs> we put all of the good animators on the Pocahontas movie and that's also not going very well, so. <laughs> well, I'll go talk to Michael. <laughs> anyway, um, it's really interesting because Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, co- went up to Greg Wiseman after the pitch that got accepted. Like, oh, it looks, it's so much better. You did so much work. And Greg, got, and Greg Wiseman had two thoughts. His first thought was, I don't think you've been listening to me. This last <laughs> pitch was the same as the, la- was the pitch before. I just cut out three-fourths of the t- pitch. And what he said out loud was, thanks, you're right. I worked really hard on it these last six months. And if that's not the biggest fucking millennial energy I've ever heard of like, you worked really hard internally. No, I didn't. Externally. Yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> putting in work. I worked so hard. I made so many changes and I definitely didn't just like pull this out of my ass. <laughs> this definitely isn't my last pitch that I told you before with less words. I definitely didn't just say the bare minimum. <laughs> um, so it gets approved. We are now two month, two years in. Uh, Gargoyles eventually airs in 1994. 
And season one goes great. 13 episodes. They, they love it. They order more episodes. Uh, it makes, it does okay in ratings, but what's more important is it sells a lot of merch. Ooh, yes. Uh, what's interesting is Gargoyles is not created to sell merchandise. That was what a rarity. That yeah, that was never in the pitch plan. That was never part of the business model. They were not worried about selling merch. That wasn't something they were tasked with. They weren't told like, make sure you have like a fucking Megazord that we can sell. Like they weren't told anything like that. They just got to make the show, and then they made wow. They got approached by people to make toys. So in 1995, Kenner produced a line of all of the boy gargoyles, essentially. Uh, it also had a place at Castle, and there was like a gargoyle cycle. Sure. Uh, they, yeah. They had that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so they, they came out with some toys. They came out with like clothing, bedding. They had, like, laundry goods at some point. Um, there's a video game that got made for the Genesis. Uh, mm-hmm. Funny thing about the video game, it was in development the same time as the show. Really? They Like, the show was not out when they were working on the game. Which makes sense, because huh. the game came out in 1995, and that is... The show had been out, like, uh, for the first season. That's not enough time to make a game. <laughs> no. Um, the people who worked on the game, all they knew was, like, the basic premise of Gargoyles. That is, like, what they were given, and some of, like, the early episodes that were done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Wiseman has never played the game. <laughs> he barely knew it was getting made. They, like, he got one memo asking for some notes, but he's like, <laughs> when you're working on a show for something like Disney, you get a lot of memos, you just kind of, like, answer them. <laughs> just like, yeah, make a game, I guess. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I mean, Gargoyles, it also in this time they had some comics came out, uh, Marvel did some comics, they did 11 issues, there was a 12th issue, but it never got released. Oof. Uh, so I, tr- so this gets to the cryptic photo I sent you. <gasps> yes. I tried so hard to find anything about merchandising sales from Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. As we know from previous times and looking from numbers, Disney hates to let people know about money. Yeah, truly. Uh, especially if it's like a TV budget, good luck. <laughs> uh, the things I know about Gargoyle's TV budget. They were working at a deficit. I know that from Greg Wiseman from the Ask Greg website, which mm-hmm. the Ask Greg website people is great. He answered a lot of questions from like 1997 until upwards of like like young justice like the last question he answered was about young justice wow um and i he's he's said before like he's willing to let the site go active again for like more questions um he just doesn't have the time for it right now ah. uh so it's a great website the community is still active people were commenting on the website today like this morning when i was looking for toy research data jeez uh the show is working at a deficit that is something Greg Wiseman mentioned. He also mentioned mm-hmm. he's 99% sure, as of 1997, he said this, that uh, the company would make its money back from what he knew about the merchandising data. That mm-hmm. That is the closest I found. The only other thing I could find was what they go for on eBay. Oh. Uh, on eBay today, some of the unopened toys go upwards of like $80, $85. <sighs> uh the and on some of them there's the original price sticker which is where that Kmart 5.99 sticker came from. <laughs> 5.99 for an like a, a toy at that 
like boy. yeah that's pretty wild and i mean like anything getting close to a hundred for a toy that's like mint condition is like mm-hmm. there can't that means either one of two things either they didn't make a lot or there aren't a lot left that aren't yeah. destroyed yeah um i did find quite a few listings of them opened and like in pretty good condition so i'm like they were around i personally don't remember getting a gargoyle's toy i remember wanting one Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was lack of availability or just like my mom didn't want to buy them. I feel like I had a couple. I want to say I had Goliath. Mm-hmm. And then I think Brooklyn mm-hmm. and Demona. <laughs> they did make a Demona, right? Because I do remember having one. I mean, if you had one, they must have. I just know the, the okay. original Kenner line, I, I know it was like Goliath, Brooklyn, Lexington, Hudson, Broadway. Yeah. 100% uh, no, there was Goliath and Brooklyn. No, I, I do think- remember. I think they made a... Elisa Maza eventually, so it must have just been like the next line. Like, how can you play gargoyles without Elisa? She's like, in the, what she's are like in every episode. She's the first character you meet. Like, how can you not, you know, mm-hmm. y- in order to have like an accurate like play, you need her too. Yeah, she has to be there. Like, I watched one of the old commercials, and man, '90s toys commercials were just like, man, I don't. We were. Man, kids are dumb because they they were they were trying too hard to sell us those toys. <laughs> Just lots of wow and like crashing through like fake walls. <laughs> oh, the fake walls, the fake wall, the mist, fake walls. The how did you know I they can, had mist? <laughs> I can see it so distinctly because literally every toy, even Pokemon, <laughs> was advertised this way to us. Like it's just when I think of like toy at like turtles, mm-hmm. He Man toys. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. everything was advertised this way. <laughs> I gotta know who... Uh, one day I'll do, like, history of toy ads, because, like, I gotta know who was, like, missed fake walls. Like, you got... You have to do it, or you won't yeah. sell a toy. Hey, Nacelle, give us a budget to do <laughs> the history of toy ads. You all love toys. You all love toys. Hit us, we'll, listen. We love you. We love you. <laughs> we love you all. You all are such great... You gave us a free trailer, and that was great. That was great. Congrats you on that Disney job. Plus show. I really like it. I watched it with my dad a couple weeks ago. How special. It was fun. I had a great time. I learned some stuff. Oh. I love so, to learn was, stuff. Uh, me too. It's what I'm all about. That's what this show's about. <laughs> <laughs> we fit right in. We fit in. It's like if we were made for this network. Season one of Gargoyles was a hit. Kids demanded more toys, more merch. They, more. they wanted they wanted more. Disney wanted more. Disney was like we want more. And Greg Rise was like, that's great. And they're like, we want 52 episodes. Season one was 32 episodes, was 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. And Greg Rise was like, oh. that's great. And Disney's like, we demand it by 1995 TV season. And Greg's like, ah! whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> uh, to lay it out for people, the production strategy for Gargles is like this. Every episode is in a 10-month cycle. This is... Pretty similar to how stuff's done now. Uh, Steam Universe, for example, is also was like it took about ten months to make an episode from start to finish. Um, mm-hmm. Now things are for sure overlapping. People don't work on one episode at a time by any means, no. but each episode takes about ten months to make. Uh, so Greg Wiseman's like, "Hey, team's happy to do it. We're so excited. We cannot have this ready by 1995 TV season. Impossible. It is currently <laughs> the end of 1994." And as you know, it takes 10 months. Uh, and Disney's like, yeah, we love the show. 52 episodes, 1995 deadline. Uh, this back and forth happened four or five times before the studio was like, 
do it or leave and we'll find someone else to do it jeez uh so once that became clear greg had to increase the team uh quadruple it so mm-hmm. we quadruple the team they were able to work to try and meet the deadline it was still very long work um because some stuff you can't speed up you can't speed up like sending stuff off to animators in korea no. like that just no like you can give them the deadline because they're being contracted by you but it, you can't speed up how long that process takes let alone in like 1990 like tail in 1994 i can't i have no idea what that looks like with shipping yeah um, like back then when like communication like remotely like besides over the phone was like really hard yeah oh my like, oh my god <laughs> you have to whose job was it to either be like graveyard shift here or graveyard shift in korea to like answer the phone for that stuff yeah and it's like you'd get like animation back and they would be wrong and like there's no time to fix it so like <laughs> what do you do what are you gonna do what do you do you you say okay disney <laughs> You just, you air it. There's, like, a really infamous episode of Batman, the animated series, mm-hmm. which is, like, it's the werewolf one. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, it's the werewolf one, where, like, the animation they got back was just so, like, abysmal, mm-hmm. but they were like, we can't do anything about it at this point, mm-hmm. so. um, So, G- Gargoyles had a similar issue. Mm. The reason uh, season two of Gargoyles has a previously on Gargoyles segment in the beginning <laughs> Yeah. The reason they have that is because some, like, pretty Greg's, like, almost every episode, Greg, you know, my friend. Uh, Greg, <laughs> yes. Says almost every episode had, like, some sort of, like, intense issue. Oof. And so to try and work around that, though, he found a way to cut out 30 seconds of animation, which was to do the previously on Gargoyles. So. Oh. Because all you needed for that was Keith David, the voice for Goliath, say previously on Gargoyles, like, once. Yes. And the the good stuff from the last episode. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to get anything reanimated. And then they could cut out, like, 30 seconds. I know that some people are like, what's that solve? You can take a lot of bad frames out in 30 seconds. There's a lot of frames oh, in yeah. animation. <laughs> yeah. It's 30 seconds buys them a lot of time. Um, So that's why he did previously on. He would go on the state that, like, the previous on segments is one of the things that helped, sadly, usher in the end of gargoyles uh Oof. because people would see that and think oh there's a lot that's happened and i'm never gonna catch up i'm not gonna watch this Ugh, bummer. uh while gargoyles was a sequential story telling cartoon each episode also had its own self-contained story yeah uh each episode had its own thing going on that you could watch from start to finish and get a story and you might miss some stuff it might hearken to like older episodes but it wasn't like Unless it was a like multiple part episodic thing, it was usually contained in itself. Besides the characters growing, and that was the big thing. Is like the characters grow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one episode where uh, Broadway uh, learns mm-hmm. about gun safety. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, it's really wild. He like sees. He like watches this detective movie, and the guy has a gun, and so he thinks guns are cool, and he he breaks in to Elisa Maza's house because she's a cop. And plays with her gun and shoots her. Oh my god. And then he drops her off the hospital, but he can't say because he's a gargoyle. He just, like, leaves her, like, at the hospital and flies away. And so there's this cop that got shot by her own gun and was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And Lisa's like, don't worry about it. And they're like, no, no, no. (laughs) 
<laughs> we have to worry about this. She's like, it's fine. It's, it is legally not fine. Yeah. It's like, um, you weren't watching your gun. So, um, ma'am. Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. And after that, he hates guns. Like anytime there's like, uh, a bad guy with, and they, the bad guys usually have like ray guns. This is really the first time like a bullet gun gets shot at someone. Yeah. Um, anytime they have guns, he like, he's like, no God. And he, like freaks out. Uh, and that's, 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 that's the kind of stuff you get. So if you watch that episode, you might be like, oh, he hates guns because it's a kid's show. And it's like, well, yes, mm-hmm. but also he shot somebody. He, he almost killed his, his boss's girlfriend. Yeah. It's like, you don't a hundred have, a hundred percent have to know that that happened. But if you are a staunch fan of gargoyles, you know, his, his backstory. Yeah. And hey, don't, hey, please don't play with your friend's guns, everybody. Don't play. I know everyone's over 18 in this podcast, yeah. but you know, every so often we got to just remind everyone don't play with guns. And if you're under 18, turn off this podcast. Turn off the, take what I just said to heart, but also leave. <laughs> we started this episode talking about possum piss. I don't think we've been really raunchy this episode, which is um, rare. Damona. But <laughs> Also, oh, yes. can I talk about her name is Damona? Duh. Mona. It's not Demona. Probably because they couldn't have her name be Demon or something. Probably. But I feel, I feel like they're like, what about Demona? My guy's just like, for some reason, that excites me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about the absolutely bonkers Gargoyles voice cast. Yes, please. It's so iconic. Just, just, just off the rip, the Gargoyles <laughs> voice cast started to become known as a place that was a landing zone for Star Trek actors to get their first voice acting gig. <laughs> Brent Spiner. I... I don't Star Trek, but when I was listening to a list of Star Trek alum, I was like, I get it. It's a lot of Star Trek. I think it was something like 30 some Star Trek cast members have been through Gargoyles. <laughs> oh my god. Purely, purely because the creative team were fans of Star Trek. And that's just like, <laughs> man, the living the dream. You're like making a cartoon. You're like, I want to meet fucking like Tim Curry. Have him on your show. I want to yeah. fucking, I want to meet, uh, I don't know, it's a Star Trek person. Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner. I want to meet, uh, I just forgot his name. Will Wheaton. Uh. I don't know if he's in this. Is he in, is he in Gargoyles at some point? Uh, Reading Rainbow. Is the, oh, LeVar Burton. I want to meet LeVar Burton. We'll have him on Gargoyles. He'll be on Gargoyles. Like, it is just like, it, it is so, it, it is so wild to the point of, it has its own wiki page of just like, pe- there's its own wiki page of the voice actors in Gargoyles. And then on that wiki page, there is a sub part that is just Star Trek members who've been on Gargoyles. <laughs> this list is bananas. List off some of them for me. Uh, we got Nichelle Nichols. We got LeVar Burton. Wow. We got Patrick wow. Stewart. Oh my god. Uh, we got Frank Welker, who is, uh, he is like a mainstay cast member. He is the voice for Hudson. Hudson? Yes. No, he voices, doesn't he voice the dog? He does voice the dog. You're right. He always voices the dog. dog. He's the dog man. (laughs) He's he's fucking wrong. Wait, where is he? Where was he born? Give me a sec. There might, I might have a joke and I might not have a joke. Give me a sec. You want to, should I say where he was born? 
Um, where was he? I'm looking it up. Okay. Damn it. Damn it. No joke. Okay, the joke was, you know how like a weird amount of like actors are from Michigan? Mm -hmm. I mean, because here we have a cryptid called the Michigan Dogman. It would have been been so fucking funny if he was from Michigan, but he's from San Diego. So Uh, that's trashed. Continue, please. James Avery Sr. Wow. Uh... I don't like. I don't Star Trek. I don't. So I don't know who some of these like might be. Like he, Calm Meany. That one I don't yeah, know. I don't, I, I don't Star Trek, but it's just like this list is. I have to. The scroll. fact that it's thirty people. Yeah, I have to scroll to get through it. Yeah. Uh, in the voice cast alone, I mean, you have Keith David as Goliath is mm-hmm. I the most. I his voice Mwah. is just so fucking incredible. Yes. Um. Unbelievable. And when he talks about playing Goliath, he he approached it like a Shakespearean acting role. Lovely. So he was like, he's like, Goliath is this, you know, the first time he did the Goliath voice, they wanted, well, who they wanted was fucking like Sean Connery. <laughs> and so he did his best Sean Connery impersonation. Um, <laughs> and he got, he got it. He like did one line and they're like, oh. Goliath, like done. Done. Uh... And so what they really, what he really, how they approached it was like, you know, Goliath is this leader, he's a strong gargoyle, but he's also lost his people. And he has this like, yeah, sadness to him. And he also, to, he's like, to get through it, he must have a humor to him as well. Uh, there's one time, I don't know if you remember how some of the gargoyles say jalapeno. Do they? Yes, that is. So the reason they say jalapeno is that it's like a Keith David like ad lib that he says <laughs> in his real life when things are stressful. Or like exciting. Oh, so he he's Aww. like I got to say it twice as Goliath because he was like serious. Uh, yeah, but he was excited that other like the more humorous gargoyles got to use it because they picked it up. Uh, Broadway is also like a lot of times like the comedic relief character. Yeah. Um. So he'll say it quite often, and then like a, you kind of see it bleed into the other characters like naturally, like oh because their friend says it. Um. But yeah, the voice I wish i could find numbers on what they paid these people because they just like got the voice work in gargoyles is iconic absolutely everybody a game every single episode yeah absolutely brought it um also getting that many star trek people and like some of those people i was like i didn't realize they were in star trek because they must like there's a we talked about last week there's a difference between acting and voice acting Yes. And for me not truly. to have realized Nichelle Nichols was in Gargoyles, because I've never looked it up, is like, she must have voice acted. She didn't just like, I'm Nichelle Nichols, and I'm in Gargoyles tonight. Yeah. She was just that talented. Uh, So yeah, so they get the 52 episodes in, it's done, things are going great, people like it, we all love it, but they start uh, running into some issues because 1995 had a lot going on. Yes. Uh... So a few things happen that attribute that get attributed to the rise and fall of gargoyles. Mm-hmm. Season two gets absolutely slammed by two things that Greg Wiseman points out. Uh, yes, and a few other things that I think I noticed. The first one is the O.J. Simpson trial. Oof! Uh, because of the O.J. Simpson trial, there is a lot. There are a lot of like preemptive, don't air new episode time periods. For lots of yes. shows. Because they're like, everyone's going to watch the trial. We're not going to air a new episode. Because kids aren't going to watch TV. Their parents will be like, no, I'm watching the news. 
Yeah. Uh, so there are lots of times where they aired old episodes or last week episode or whatever. And they have 52 episodes. They have an episode a year. They For a year, they have an episode. That is like, yeah. they're set up great to like go through all of 1995 for an episode and do the same thing next year. But mm-hmm. because of that, their ratings kept dipping. Because uh, they couldn't heal up the momentum. No, and kids find something else to do. Yeah. Because like, I've seen this episode. Or they are a new viewer. And they see that previously on, and they're like, oh, I'm not going to know what's going on. Goodbye. Yeah. The other issue they ran into is they were fighting with Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, no. Not the Power uh, Rangers. And they went up against Power Rangers in season one and did, like, okay. But Power Rangers is, like, a blockbuster success. And the thing they have the leg up on on Gargoyles is Power Rangers is not sequential. Um, yeah. So you can watch any episode of Power Rangers and... Short of, like, if it's the jump between no Tommy and Tommy, it doesn't yeah. really matter if you've ever watched Power Rangers. Exactly. It's, like, a lot more accessible. Um, The characters don't really change and grow. They're all static. And each week, they're just, like, in a Monster of the Week scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that really hurt their ratings as well. Um, was it? The thing I noticed is it also was not... Gargoyles never made it to be in competition against Batman animated series. He just got seen as, like disney batman yeah um and due to that there is like it wasn't as cool mm-hmm. uh which is interesting because i think gargoyles was a little bit darker and edgier than batman it the animated really series was. like batman the animated series one wasn't episodic you know mm-hmm. it was like very monster of the week villain of the week whatever mm-hmm. and gargoyles like went some like pretty dark places yeah. The, Even though the it was start, a Disney show. The start of this entire series is a dude convinces another person to betray the gargoyle so he can kill them all. Yeah. He, it's pretty dark. Like, it starts with like, yeah, man, these monsters are like, really, uh, they're running shit and you're not. And so they get betrayed by their ally who lets in the enemy during the day to kill all of them when they're stone. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just like... Even as like as an adult, I rewatch Gargoyles recently. I'm like, wow, they're dead. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, that the, he killed them. We watched we watched a genocide. Yeah, even though there's no blood, they're, they're dead. They're dead, and they're, they all know they're they dead. Are dead. They're, they're like, yeah, they're dead. Um, and it just it really does lean into like a Shakespearean tragedy because after that, it's there's like a wizard who thinks the gargoyles portrayed the humans for some reason, mm-hmm. and then he curses them all to be stone forever essentially uh yeah and then goliath like goliath is the only one who makes it out you think he finds the wizard yeah he explained what happened the wizard's like oh i can't undo the spell my book got destroyed Ooh, uh dumbass and so goliath's like well then curse me too because i i like goliath's like fucking kill me then essentially yeah uh and the wizard's like well are you sure and he's like well uh i don't know man you kind of fucked it up so i guess <laughs> yeah what else am I supposed to do, I guess? Um, I say you think because Demona also obviously lives. Uh, she yes. is also found out that like she was part of the betrayal, possibly, because she she thought the gargoyles were relying on the humans too much, and she thought she could double betray, but she gets like triple betrayed. Um, <laughs> it is interesting because Demona, Demona's like backstory episode is are one of the highest rated episodes by fans online today. Cause she's great. She's great, and she has a tr- she her she has the most fucked up backstory. Cause she ends up living she- alone with like 
there's some other gargles you find out make it she like saves some eggs because mm-hmm. um, they weren't supposed to destroy the eggs but the humans did of course because they're bastards and so she saves some mm-hmm. uh and so it's her and some of the other gargoyles living in the Princess society and like you see her like d- like old and dying demona in this backstory Oof. before she like finds magic and lives forever um yeah. and she pretty rightfully hates humans <laughs> this is valid uh and so it's super it's super cool um so those things are going on at for gargoyles and tv at disney mm-hmm. uh after frank wells passed away um as we've talked about before mike eisner didn't have like frank wells was like it, like mike eisner was chaotic but the president yes. liked him so what can you do <laughs> they kind of had like a like an understanding like Michael Eisner was like the idea man, and then the president, like Frank Wells, would be like, "All right, can you please let's do this instead, or let's tone yeah. this down." They had a balance yeah. to them. When Frank uh, Wells passed away, there wasn't that balance, and also wasn't anyone in Michael Eisner's corner. Um, mm-hmm. Also, this time things were really shaking up at Disney. J- Jeffrey Katzenberg left the company and made DreamWorks, and he took two more of Michael Eisner's allies with him. Mm-hmm. All of these, like Mike Eisner, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Uh, I didn't get the other two guys' names, some other white dudes. Um, and Frank <laughs> Wells were, like, the big supporters of Gargoyles at the company. Like, the board wasn't really into it. Yeah. But you have the president and essentially all of the president's crew that are saying that are going to bat for Gargoyles. So they're like, whatever, fine. Yeah. Um, as soon as all these people were gone, Michael Eisner had all that pressure. He mm-hmm. needed to keep his job and he had to do something. So he gave up his power to decide what would be in the disney afternoon block yeah which is understandable like with everything else he also had to deal with like saturday morning cartoons isn't a priority with that uh he had to treat gargoyles like all of the other old shows disney afternoon style um for people who don't know was like you have a show your new show premiered at the start of disney afternoon after Mm -hmm. each season it moved back in the block when it made yeah. it to the end of the block, it was over. Yep. That was just how it worked. When all of this was going on, Disney Afternoon got cut from two hours to an hour and a half. Ooh. Gargoyles being on season three would have been in the fourth slot. But there is no Ooh. fourth slot. Uh-oh. So it's just gone. The only reason we have a season three of Gargoyles is because at the same time, Disney was buying ABC. Ah. They needed, uh, Greg Wise was like, they needed a boys action cartoon for Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. So... They're like, put it on ABC. We need something, and that already exists. And that's easier than getting pitches for a brand new show. Yep. Um, Greg Wiseman approached them, because he had some thoughts about being on broadcast TV. Because uh, it, it constricts you. Like, you cannot do what you did in... You can't show a gargoyle shooting a cop <laughs> on ABC. Nope. But you can do it on Disney, which is okay Disney yeah. channel. Okay, sure. Um Sure. So he had some other reservations. They were he heard about cutting the budget. He heard about like changing animation studios. All these questions, um, and they're like, "Will you do season three? And he was like, "Okay, uh, can I think about it?" Um, mm-hmm. So it's November nineteen ninety five. They give him a schedule that's like, "We want the first script by October nineteen ninety five," and he's like, "Hey guys, uh, this is in the past?" Question mark. And they're like, we'll change the schedule, but there's a firm deadline. You need to you need to work double time to catch up. <laughs> Animation doesn't work like that. <laughs> he was like, okay, well, it's Friday afternoon. Can I go home and think about it? And they're like, okay. 
he came back Monday. They had already hired his replacement. Oh my god. Uh, they were like, we no longer need you. We found someone else that'll do it. You can write the first episode. (laughs) And he only got to write the first episode because he was, they were under the gun and they knew he could write an episode quick. He was like the fastest writer they had, which is why he has one writing credit. Oh my God. Uh, and he, Greg Wiseman has personally stated he does not view season three as canon for Gargoyles. Good. Cause it's bad. It's bad. And you can tell it's bad. You can tell it's not the, no one from the original team is on it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so bad. Um, by this time, I believe Michael Reeves, uh, people know he has Parkinson's disease. Oh. Um, he has a blog. He had a blog for it. He can no longer keep up with it now. Um, yeah. But he has a blog that he goes through a lot of his time working in animation um, that he can no longer update. But he, he was, from what I understand going through his blog, I think he was starting to feel the effects of that, where it was like affecting his creativity by this mm-hmm. time. So he's not on the project. He's wife, Bryn... I think has gone on to other work. They're not married anymore. Um, mm. So that original team is gone and you don't have Greg Wiseman and that's who people followed. Yeah. So Greg Wiseman has nothing bad to say about people who worked on season three. He's like, I like those people. They did their best. It shouldn't have happened. Period. Yeah. He should have been given that time to think about it. Um, you know? Yeah. I mean, leaving work and coming back on Monday, like, Hey, I thought about it to be like, don't worry about it. Why? Oh, we replaced you. Over the You're fired. over the weekend, <laughs> we're not supposed to be working over the weekend, but okay. Yeah, uh, what Greg Wiseman sees is the actual season three, quote unquote. Is he did some comics in two thousand and six? Six, I was right. I don't love the company. I don't know if you know the name of the company who did these books, but they're Slave Labor Graphics. I've never heard of them. I, who the hell? I only know them before the Gargoyles comic. Um, huh. It was a direct sequel to seasons one and two of Gargoyles. There's oh, okay. nothing about season three. Uh, in 2000- Season three? Didn't happen. Nope. Uh, he wrote those until 2008. In 2008, he announced that due to the licensing fees, they can no longer renew the license to write the Gargoyles comic. Because Disney upped the licensing fee. Uh, of course they did. There was a comic Gargoyles, and there's another comic called Bad Guys um, that hmm. got released in graphic novel form. Um, he had hoped that he could, like keep writing his graphic novels that it could like offset because as we know single issues are not worth the paper they're printed on <laughs> um <laughs> so he thought like he could do a graphic novel series or a webcomic series but like disney just made the license essentially unaffordable by anyone but them but they're not gonna do no, anything absolutely with it. not no, absolutely nothing with it Asshole. absolutely zero with it they just like to have this many things like a little dragon like sitting like a mouse dragon sitting on their little horde yep, of things just theirs. that's all that's all it is everything is theirs uh there was going to be another comic in, like, 2015, but it eventually got announced by 2017 it wasn't happening. <gasps> um, there have been talks of Gargoyles movies twice. There have been two almost film adaptations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was a live-action adaptation that was being discussed by Disney. Um, it was Todd Gardner was attached to it. Um, he's produced stuff like Paul Bart Mall Cop and Paul Bart Mall Cop 2. Um, it never went anywhere. Uh, Greg Wiseman and Michael Reeves wrote a draft for the five part pilot to be turned into a movie that got rejected. Mm -hmm. That was, and that was back in the nineties. Um, that was the late nineties. That was one thing Greg said, we could save it with this movie idea got rejected. Um, Mm -hmm. 
they also were gonna write a there was another movie that got planned that was like what if goliath was like a human warrior turned into a gargoyle hmm. um that they're just trying to like lessen the monster fuck ass yeah it was like they were humans and they got turned into gargoyles and then they got cursed to be stone <laughs> okay so that's an extra step there yeah that was favored but they eventually banned it because it was gonna be too expensive to make uh, in July 2011, it was announced, it was announced that the people behind G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, were hired to write a Gargoyles film. Oh my god. It has not officially been canceled, but there has been no news since then. It was a big, it was like big news. It was like, yeah, they, it was like, you can find that on like major publication websites still. They like, people were stoked. They were, they were fucking losing it. It was going to be a huge deal. No news. We, but then, oh in 2018, <gasps> what you may remember this, Jordan Peele, right off of the height of Get Out, was like, I want to make a Gargoyles movie. I have a story. Let him do uh, it. And he told people he went, like, he had talks and they said no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Disney. He's right off of big, big successful horror film Get yeah, Out. That, that would have been it. Come on. Uh, but they said no. <gasps> yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to punch that mouse myself. I'm going to walk into his house because I know where he lives. He lives in fucking Toontown. You can take a free tour through his house if you're at Disneyland. Idiot. I know where you sleep, you, you, Mr. You mouse. Fucking, you, you absolute fucking idiot. You let me know where you're You know, like most celebrities don't let you know where their houses are because they don't want people to come to their house and punch them. But Mr. Mouse, you're so far up on your high horse, Mr. Mouse, that you... <laughs> he thinks he's, he thinks safe. he's safe. He thinks I won't punch him. I'm mouse. gonna bring Sora with me. Yeah, and Sakurai. I'm gonna bring my. I'm sure Sakurai has a my good friend Sora Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mean, I got. I have one. I have two things. One thing. Yes. Is an interesting thing, and then I have a thing about gargoyles. In summary, the first thing is going back to when Mike Eisner gave up his role of like essentially being a dictator of disney disney tv animation mm-hmm. uh, greg wiseman said end quote when michael gave that up he didn't give up the that authority to any one individual from that point on right up until this very day not just at disney but at every company that does cartoon animation those decisions are made by committee people from different divisions from the studio and the company get to weigh in and if they don't all agree often it doesn't happen the one advantage of a dictatorship <laughs> is that the trains run on time so when all these huge supporters of Gargoyles left the company, including Eisner, for support, the show just evaporated. Wow. Um, that quote is from, what year is this? 2018. Oh my god. Um, when he was being interviewed about the 20-year anniversary, the 20-year anniversary of, like, the show ending, because it was 97, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it's just, it's interesting that, like, that decision changed how, like, everyone approves animation, and it's interesting to know that from his point of view. Yeah. So, I mean, 2018, he's he's working on Young Justice. Like, that exists. So, he knows, like, how pitches go for cartoons. Yeah. And he's also had, um, you mentioned earlier that, like, Gargoyles wasn't made to sell toys. Yeah. He had the opposite happen with Young exactly. Justice, where Young Justice wasn't selling toys. Exactly. That mu- and it must be, like, maddening them. He's like, you have, it, I made Gargoyles. <laughs> I'm, look at me. I made Gargoyles. Yes, I don't have a creator. Credit. Um, credit on it because disney didn't do that do you know who created the original ducktales you don't <laughs> you think disney didn't do that so people had to stay because they didn't have it on their resume 
Yeah. Because, like, if they call, right, they're like, hey, uh, especially, like, back then, it's for the internet. They couldn't have seen the internet would be a thing. But, like, hey, this guy, Greg Wiseman, says he created Gargoyles? Question mark. I don't see that on any of the show credits. And, like, he's a fucking liar. Tell him to come home. <laughs> <laughs> He belongs to the mouse. Yeah, like, I don't, because it's very weird. They don't, like, let people say, I made it. But it's always, like, an open secret among other creators. Like, oh, no, yeah, Greg made Gargoyles. I feel like that's changed now because you know that, like, Alex Hirsch made Gravity Falls. And um, Craig McCracken made um, whatever his show for Disney was. (laughs) Wander Wander over over yonder. yonder. (laughs) So at least that's changed. Someone tried to sue Disney for Gargoyles. Oh. Uh, a New York artist named Joe Tomas- Tomasini said that he co- they copyrighted his screenplay and character designs and they were stolen from him. Uh, the case was thrown out when it was found that there's no way Disney could have access to his creations because his play never got approved. <laughs> uh, well. I couldn't, I looked into like, were they like named the same? It was just like the idea of gargoyles, like being things that come to life. And I'm like, I mean, that's not like, that isn't a novel idea. That feels like it's like a like a traditional like European lore yeah. thing, I think. Like I don't I'm pretty think sure they came up with that. Like, you know, Disney does it again in Hunchback of Notre Dame, so <laughs> you gotta sue them it's for, got its You gotta sue them for Quasimodo. You them- <laughs> Quasimodo, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it was my idea. I came I invented the gargoyle. <laughs> so Gargoyles is this like incredible fantasy epic that aired on disney for two years for a few years it influenced mm-hmm. with it's influenced with things like macbeth midsummer night's dream medieval scottish yeah. history is in there yeah also the adventures Loki. of gummy bears <laughs> yeah um it brought on so many changes in animation and so many changes in kids cartoons like this there wasn't there was not a show like this before it but we got mm-hmm. many shows like no. it after in May 2020, Garg Wiseman says this in an interview. Gargoyles is still mm-hmm. my baby. I don't own it. I don't get a dime off it being on Disney, off Disney+. Plus, and yet I'm so thrilled. I am thrilled by the chance that it represents, even Slim, to bring it back. I've always wanted to do more. I've got a timeline for the show that is 315 pages long. I have notebooks and comic books full of ideas for it in my closet still. Spinoff notions mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. Literally nothing would make me happier in my creative life than to go back and do more gargoyles. Please let me do more gargoyles. Please. Like, animation is different now. Like, we have animation, and Disney hasn't so much, like, explored this. Mm -hmm. But, like, we have animation for different demographics now. We can do sequential animation because, like, release it through Disney Plus where people are going to binge Mm -hmm. it. Um, So, like, sequential storytelling works very Very well well now. So, with, like, new, like, oh, my God, just, like, all of, like, the new, like, animation techniques, like, how they could, like, bring the animation to, like, another level. Because it was always, like, very Disneyfied, yes. you know? Um, my brain was, like, titmouse on gargoyles. And I'm, like, <laughs> what does that look like, Brenda? Look at yourself in the eyes. Walk over to the bathroom mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror and be, like, what the hell do you think titmouse studios gargoyles looks like and do you want that and i'm lo- i'm thinking about it and i'm like yeah maybe i want that i don't think it'd be maybe i want bad. that <laughs> <laughs> it would surely be unique it would be different um <laughs> i mean i also just think like i think two things yes thing the first 
Disney knows what yes. a Force Gargoyles is. Because when Disney was was hyping up Disney Plus, the first cartoon they told us would be on there is Gargoyles. Yeah, they were like, Gargoyles will be there. You haven't been able to see this in several decades. Yeah. But let me assure you, Gargoyles is here. The entirety, you could not watch the entirety of Gargoyles, period. Mm-mm. That wasn't an option. You could watch all of season one and the first half of season two. And I think that was it. You couldn't see season three. Not that anyone really wanted to. Um, <laughs> it's like what got released on DVD sets. Yes. Um, Gargoyles had its own convention. No. Yes. From 1997 <gasps> until 2009, there was the gathering of the gargoyles. Get out till 2009? Yes. Oh. And everyone had like their gargoyle sonas? Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of uh, someone cosplaying Demona with the actress that played Demona. Uh, I fucking love that. They they met every year. It was um, it moved around. It was in sometimes in the US and sometimes in Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was just a bunch of fans. They pooled money and they rented out space to just hype up my gargoyles. Greg Wiseman went every year. Wow. Uh, Michael Reeves went most years he could make it because he was his health was declining. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the voice acting community went. Keith David went once. Uh, and it was it was just a huge thing. They just went and talked about gargoyles when the comics started coming out. The comic everyone from the comic would show up um wow at this convention is the only place that greg wise never showed he made a like a reel so like a storyboard reel for people who don't know it's like a storyboarding device where you can like show the storyboards in sequential order as if it's animated but nothing moves uh mm-hmm. he made a like a reel for the spinoff comic bad guys from gargoyles wow um, this is where he showed he was working on development notes for gargoyles 2198 time dancer pen dragon Dark Ages, and the New Olympians, which were all spinoff ideas for the original Gargoyles that he had worked on with Mike Eisner. Whoa. Um, all this stuff at this convention that was just for Gargoyles fans. Um, and it would be like one of those conventions that was like really intimate and you would see like there'd be friends there that you would just see every yeah. year, most likely. Every year. They, oh, I love They that. even had, um, they would do special events. They did like radio plays where people would be like be their be like a gargoyles character and then like the voice actors would like be their character and they do like special radio plays with special stories that only happen at the convention um Whoa. they had a masquerade ball there's artist alley all of this stuff that's so cool um you can see the like a reel and footage and stuff from the convention in the special features edition of the season one gargoyles dvd which i don't think is in print anymore i think it's very hard to find but I do know it's at my local library, so I gotta go see if it's still there. In 2014, uh, the convention Convergence, which happens over uh, 4th of July, or did I don't know if it still mm-hmm. happens, uh, themed itself to be entirely Gargoyles themed for the four-day convention for the 20-year anniversary. That's so cool! Gargoyles is... It, Gargoyles created a trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention, like, the whole cast and stuff, because you probably... If you don't know the Gargoyles, you can go look it up. Um... But the main antagonist for most of Gargoyles, until you find out it's actually Demona, who's the mastermind, is someone named David Xanatos. Mm-hmm. David Xanatos, the one thing you need to know about him, he always wins. Always. Always. Listen, always. You think, you think they got him? No, he planned to get his arm broken. It was a devious <laughs> plot to meet this doctor. 
It's always, it's so, it gets so funny because it's always just like, no, he just plans everything. It's like, do you think Lex Luthor plans everything? Yeah, no, fuck this you. fucking guy. He- Was he voiced by Tim Curry or am I remembering that um, wrong? He looks like Tim Curry. <laughs> uh, oh, Xanatos, no, Xanatos is Jonathan Frakes? Ah, uh, yes. Another Star yes. Trek person. He looks like Tim Curry. He does look though. like Tim Curry. Tim Curry is eventually on Gargoyles. I know, and I was like, I don't remember who he plays, but he, this guy just is Tim Curry. So the idea for David Xanatos was, Greg Wiseman's like, so he's, he's thinking about Batman animated series, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, what if he had Bruce Wayne, but he's a complete yes. fucking tool? Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, that is what David Xanatos is. He's yeah. evil then- Bruce Wayne. He's Bruce Wayne if he never had terrible trauma. Exactly. This guy flies a fucking castle into just New York. <laughs> he, a whole listen, ass castle. This man finds... Listen, hold up. This fucking dude <laughs> finds a legend in a book that if you this castle is above the clouds, the stone statues of gargoyles will come to life. He, fi- mm-hmm. he finds this fucking castle, takes it <laughs> out of Scotland, flies it out of Scotland. Flies it out of Scotland. Has it rebuilt brick by brick. He has them <laughs> like, he has them specifically mark each brick and where it goes. Has it rebuilt brick by brick perfectly to be the exact way it was in Scotland. And then just mm-hmm. waits until nighttime one night. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine. Also. <laughs> Just imagine. Wait a second. I just noticed something fucking wild. Xanatos' first name is David. Yes. David and Goliath. Yes. How does this fucking so much? Money? Yeah, this this fucking show. That's why Xanatos always wins. David never loses to Goliath, man. I'm yelling. Uh yeah, this show just like just like dripping with references and modern mythology. Uh I'm trying to imagine in the fiction of like this dude's like, yeah, uh, I need you to guys go get a castle for me. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. I know you're rich, but what the fuck did you just say? A castle, sir? Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to purchase a castle? Yeah, but I need you to bring it back to New York. I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. You're going to have to. Yeah, my comm's breaking up. <laughs> what? Go get the castle. You're dead. I'm, I'm what, sir? You, you heard me. Bye. I will fucking kill you. <laughs> you will be dead. <laughs> and he, he, like, does, all, like, Every single thing. There's so anyway, like I said, there's a trope named after him called the Xanatos Gambit, where it's like the bad mm-hmm. guy who always wins. Yep. Um, it looks like Sufra doesn't have some named after him because he loses sometimes, and it's it's not and it's not in the cards. Uh, yeah, he Lex Luthor is a fallible human being. Yeah, not Xanatos. Every everything he does is for a reason, and it's to benefit him in some way. Mm-hmm. And he never loses. I'm think I rewatched that show. It was the first thing I watched on Disney Plus was Gargoyles. He not once ever loses where it's not part of the plan. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, Xanatos never loses. Lex Luthor's a fallible human. Um, I think they should make more Gargoyles. I think Disney knows they should make more Gargoyles. I think if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, go watch, Gar- go watch Gargoyles on Disney Plus. It, that's the, that is like what would help. Uh-huh. It, yeah, it would. Um, it's really good. Like, even if you didn't grow up watching it, you've never seen it before. I think you'll really find... Some enjoyment Demona. from it, Demona, uh, but also <laughs> Goliath. Mm. I think that there, I think there's a gargoyle for everyone. So everyone you... has a gargoyle, and if you really believe, you can bottom for all of them. Truly. <laughs> and with that note, <laughs> see you later, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... For listening to Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. Helps to show it a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya. Hello? Oh no, I've lost Austin. Oh no, you've lost me. I can hear you. Hello? Oh no. Brenda, I can hear you. Brenda, can you hear me? One second, me? I lost you. I can hear you very well. I'm so sorry this happened. We're almost done with the show. That was the last thing I had to say. Oh, well. Let me hear this in the recording. When you play it back for the editing. Hello? Brenda, can you hear me? Hello? I still haven't seen Frozen. Hello?